the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Every pitch is your pitch. The greatest show on dirt. Omaha! Omaha! Deep to left field. Way back there. Gone! A grand slam! Omaha wins the college world series. Now, they can add college baseball to their trophy case. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus College Baseball Edition. Joining me, Colin Wilson, at underscore Colin1, is Brad Audrain, at real Brad Audrain, who has been money on fire. Uh, Brad, I think you've picked every regional, every super regional. Uh, Super regionals did not go well for me. Essentially, if you took chalk and thought that those seeds that are hosting were going to win out. It really didn't play well unless you're Stanford and Texas A&M fans. So I will introduce Brad. Uh, Brad, how's it going after Super Regionals? Man, it's good. I don't, I don't feel like I, I picked them quite so great. Luckily, the ones that I missed, I think most people did, you know, after watching uh, Notre Dame sneak up on Tennessee there and Oregon State get, get handled <laughs> get handled by the SEC West like everybody else that went up against the SEC West. Um, it doesn't feel like it did well, but I think having four, four teams in the, uh, you know, from the start picking, picking four of the college world series currently, cause it's a, it's a, a different pool out there this year. I've never questioned the sec, Brad. I've never questioned when South Carolina was hot, when Georgia was hot, all the teams are in it right now. I've never questioned Arkansas, like if we're better than everybody else, but for some reason, Brad, like I was questioning are we really good against the ACC? Remember, I was, you know, I was trying to throw bets across the table saying the ACC would. I know I tried to take one of those bets, but <laughs> neither here nor there. So, but we are legitimately good. I think we're backed up by the fact of how many teams we have in, how many teams from the SEC West are in there. But SEC is not going away anytime soon. And, and legitimately, would you be surprised if one of the four teams didn't win the national championship? I mean, at this point, I'd be a little bit shocked based on what I saw in, this, in the Super Regionals and the Regionals. Yeah. So I think, you know, one thing from the Supers is, is we, we kind of looked at a lot of the teams. Brad and I watched all of the games and all of the pitchers. There is going to be a full College World Series preview coming out on actionnetwork.com. Uh, this round, if, you don't, if you're not familiar with what happens in Omaha, there's two different brackets. There's bracket one, there's bracket two. Four teams are assigned to a piece, and they essentially play double elim. It's back to regional rules two weeks ago where you got to lose two to get kicked out. Whoever wins those two brackets meets in a super regional type rules of best two out of three to start on Saturday, June 25th. Brad and I will have a very short podcast on that championship round once we get there. But for today, we're going to break down bracket one, which is going to start play Friday, June 17th, and then bracket two, which starts on Saturday, June 18th. Uh, And from there, Brad, I'm going to start off by saying Texas A&M is going to play Oklahoma on Friday. And, you know, the line for me, Jake Bennett for Oklahoma going against Nathan Detmer of Texas A&M and let full transparency. I have a hundred dollar bet to win fifteen thousand dollars that you and I placed one hundred and fifty to one on Texas A&M when we first started doing this podcast. And I'm ready to sell the ship. And here's and I want and I just want to know your thoughts about this. Oklahoma is listed at minus 120, which I think is reasonable in the market, except when you go look at Texas A&M and you do their lefty righty splits. Out of the games that they've lost, like two games that they've lost out of their last like 15 came against left-handed pitching. Timmy Manning for Florida, uh, uh, Elliott, Hunter Elliott from Ole Miss. Those are lefty pitchers. What is Jake Bennett for Oklahoma? 
a lefty ace that's been rolling through everybody. Now, Oklahoma doesn't have any kind of pitching outside of Jake Bennett, but I think this Jake Bennett, Oklahoma minus 120. I think that is an absolute slammer because Texas A&M has not been able to hit left-handed pitching. No, they haven't. Um, the question is going to be because it's the same. It's the same argument my dad and I had when we were watching Arkansas play UNC in that final game. You get you go up against these guys that throw a bunch of when they put a lefty on the mound and they throw mostly junk. I mean, mostly junk. Right. Those are the teams that kill teams like Texas A&M, Arkansas. Ole Miss, that's when we can lose to anyone midweek, weekend, doesn't matter. If you give us a guy that's a lefty that could throw a whole bunch of junk, man, they can give our lineups fits because, you know, we're set up to hit fastballs. We're set up to hit the long ball. We're, we're, we're set up to go big. And well, we got to stay back if those off-speed pitches are getting called for strikes, man. There's just not a whole lot you could do. And – I'm with you. Oklahoma's been – they've been hot. I mean, real hot. And he may be the best pitcher that I've seen that's left in this tournament. However, he is the big guy, and he throws he throws the fastballs. And, you know, while he – who did OU play last? I can't even remember. But they he he overpowered them Florida, on yeah. the mound. Yeah, he, he overpowered them, and he's not going to be able to do that against Texas A&M. And I think when these when these aces on these staffs from other conferences come across these SEC teams, and that's been their biggest problem, is they think that they can overpower them a little too much. Uh, it's not a whole lot different than going up against Campbell against uh, Oklahoma State. He was the best guy we could have seen because he he thought he thought if he couldn't beat us, and he had some good innings, but he thought if he you know like he was guaranteed to beat us with his fastball. Uh, to get a third strike. And that's just not the case. You, you know, he, he has to hit home with those off-speed pitches and throw them for strikes because that's what, that's what can throw these teams off like a Texas A&M and Ole Miss and Arkansas, even an Auburn in some parts of their lineup. But um, so yes, it's a good bet on OU. The science says OU personally, I, I kind of like, I like A&M against, another team's ace from a different conference that, you know, maybe, maybe throws more fastballs. Maybe they're in a conference where their stats are way better than all of ours are. Uh, part of the reason why we, you know, had a hard time picking these teams, uh, even though I did pick Texas A&M, but uh, they're not at home. And that was my one, my one downside to, to A&M. But I think they're the best team in that bracket now, honestly. They should be as a seeded. They're the only seeded one, right? They're the only seeded yeah, one. yeah. I, I mean, and they've played so well down the stretch, too. So we're, we're looking at two. I, I hate that these two teams are on the opposite sides of, of this thing because I uh, are going up against each other in, the, in game one because I, I these are the two best teams in the bracket in my mind, and I, I'd love to see them play in the championship of this side of the bracket. But all that to say, we may see it anyways. But give me Texas A&M, but yes, the – the science says OU is is the best bet here, head-to-head pitchers and everything else that we've seen recently. Yeah, I think there's a couple points that we need to make. Is first off, I think Friday and Saturday, as we get into the rest of the card with with Saturday's games, there is weather that needs to be acknowledged. First off, it's supposed to be triple digits. Now, I've been to Omaha a bunch of times. I think Brad's been to Omaha more than I have. It's wet. 
it could be 93, it could be 79 degrees, it could be, I mean, I've seen it cold, I've seen it hot, and when the wind blows in from left field and from center, nothing's getting over that fence. It plays as large as Bomb Stadium does in Fayetteville, and it's hard to get one over. I mean, you know, Heston Kerstad a couple years ago for Arkansas was had warning track power when the wind is blowing in, that's saying something for him. So I think you want to pay attention to the fact we're looking at 16 mile an hour winds blowing in from left and center on Friday and Saturday for these opening games. And the fact that Brad, I don't, I don't, I can't remember this ever being hundred degrees. I can't remember being over 95. Not starting. Yeah. No, no, yeah, no. I mean, I remember being there when it was like 103, but I, <laughs> I don't remember it starting that way. <laughs> I don't think the umpires want to be out there issuing free passes to everybody on the first two days. No. I mean, no. if I'm sitting around and like, yeah. If I'm 105 wearing top black top and pads, man. Jeez, give me yeah. out of here. Yeah. And I've got to call the second game too. Maybe I, if, I, I just, I love unders in these first sets of games. Maybe not in Auburn Ole Miss. I think that one could be a banger of bats. Uh, we'll get to that. Brad's going to go Texas A&M, uh, and he's going to back Nathan Detmer, who has had some real issues, uh, 10 runs over his last 8.2, but he's going to take Jacob Palish, probably the best guy you could pull out of a bullpen in, in, in the College World Series. Uh, but I'm going to go with the, uh, Jake Bennett, Oklahoma, but I will say this about Oklahoma. I don't expect them to win this bracket, mostly because their staff ERA is 132nd in the nation, and after Jake Bennett, there's not a lot on this team from a pitching perspective. So uh, that's going to hurt OU in the long run here. All right, moving on to game two. Uh, I don't even know where to start here. Uh, let's see. Texas is uh, coming back on East Carolina, dead to rights. Texas is dead to rights. Six outs to go. ECU's got it. First ever College World Series. Texas finds the long ball to tie it up. Texas finds the long ball to take the lead. And then East Carolina, a no-show in their own building the next day. The Longhorns are here. Now, Brad, this is just a narrative, I believe. When teams get on a run like this and they catch a little bit of luck, usually they can win the whole damn thing. Notre Dame, though, I don't know which where you want to start. Notre Dame plus 290 odds to win the series against Tennessee. Amazingly, they only have two starting pitchers and like a, some sort of patchwork makeshift bullpen uh, and couldn't hit it all in the regionals. All of a sudden, their bats are blazing hot after having a season ranked 122nd on base percentage. Brad, which one of these teams do you want to tackle first? Texas? saving their, you know, their, their asses there against East Carolina or Notre Dame taking down the plus 150 Tennessee volunteers. That line was a joke all year. I mean, I think story number two has a little more heart in it. Um, you know, I, I owe an apology to every Notre Dame fan out there. I was wrong. I was wrong. What a wild series, <laughs> you know, it seems like every guy on their team is like 5'10", 5'11", with a mustache. They all look the same. It's like it's like a bunch, being attacked by a bunch of minions. In this series, it's about to occur. I, I mean, I'm rolling with Notre Dame, man. I've been proven wrong once. That team has so much heart. Uh, it's crazy. I don't, you, you know, I don't usually buy into some of that stuff. But, I mean, good Lord, I couldn't believe they just kept it up. And, and it was like, oh, they took the lead on Tennessee. Oh, no. oh my God, that's another three runs. Like They just yeah. kept on piling, piling up there um, against the best pitching in the country in their home stadium. I don't think that Texas in Omaha is nearly the challenge when you're going to have half the fans there, you know, uh, you know, probably as many fans there about as, as Texas would have. Uh, 
right. Texas fans are much, much quieter and nicer than Tennessee fans. You know, throw batteries and golf balls at coaches. But no, man, I, I was so impressed with Notre Dame. And I know that Texas has has the big bats. And there are a couple guys in that team. And it's like, no matter, all they have to do is touch the ball and it flies out of the park. Ivan but Melinda. you're right. This, yeah. this park is bigger. It's going to be more about getting hitting it to the gaps. Yep. Part of the reason why I like Texas A&M there, I think they've got a couple hitters that are just great hitters. And that's really important out there. You know, being able to take the ball the other way and put some power behind it and hit it in the alley, getting turning a double into a triple and having, ha- having that kind of athletic speed. And I know Texas has – I mean, they've got all the athletes for this, but it just – I'm rolling with the heart here in Notre Dame. I think they've got the – they love to hit the gappers. Uh, they do it for Rudy. And uh, I'm, I'm rolling with Notre Dame in this one. Yeah, so let's talk bra- uh, brass tacks here, which is Austin Temple is probably going to get the start for Notre Dame. Uh, they're going to save John Bertrand for game two. It's what they did last weekend. Although in the regionals, they they you know rode John Bertrand uh, twice in a, in a three-game set. But in this game, Austin Temple is going to be an underdog. The line's already out there against Texas's Pete Hansen. Uh, you know, and the line should be minus 130. It's minus 140 out of the market, so not really a huge discrepancy. But I think it's really important to look at Texas's pitching. It's just been an absolute fail the last couple of weeks. Pete Hansen, uh, he's allowed eight earned runs and 10.2 innings pitched through the last two games. And I think you have to ask if there's a little bit of fatigue there. This was a guy that was throwing 96 pitches in seven of the Longhorns' last eight games that he started. Is there fatigue? Because he's getting rocked. Day two pitcher for them, Lucas Gordon. I mean, he got lit up by the Pirates, by ECU, for four and runs and five innings in the Super. So I, I can't trust his Texas pitching staff whatsoever. But this game is about strength on strength. Notre Dame, top 10 nationally in ERA, staff ERA. Top 10 nationally, staff whip. That's going against Texas, who's ninth in the country in home runs per nine, fourth in slugging. And I think the big thing here is you want on-base percentage. If we got all this wind blowing in, such a bigger park, Notre Dame's 122nd in OBP and Texas is 16th. Now, I know that you know there's some conference adjustment going on there. Notre Dame's strength of schedule was a little questionable, and you and I questioned it all season. But I think what I get back to is Notre Dame has value in the market because Pete Hansen's going to be steamed, and it's, it's just too much inflation for a guy that's given up too many runs. But I do think Texas is a turn is a player long term in bracket one, and I think let's pivot into that because, listen, Brad, defense is a really big thing. Texas is number one in fielding position in the nation. Uh, they are the best hitting team out of these four in bracket one. They're the best fielding team out of this bracket. You know the depth of the bullpen. I mean, they give up runs. I think I think Texas can out hit everybody in here, including A and M. I know they can over Notre Dame. Do you have a feeling about who's going to win this bracket and how the bracket's going to play out? Well, Colin, how many times do we have to have this argument about how important bullpen is in college baseball? <laughs> it's everything because you put an 18, 19 year old out there. And if we're talking about, you know, fielding percentage, home runs per game, power, slugging on base percentage, then we go back to Tennessee. We went back to Tennessee and we saw you put an 18 year old on the hump. Yes, he's been perfect all season. No, he doesn't have a perfect day. You got to bring somebody else in. You, you know, you're not going to have the perfect outing every time out of every player. And it, it, do, it is important on who's hot. Yes, it would make sense that Texas would be able to handle the heat a little better than Notre Dame. <laughs> However, it didn't look cold in Knoxville last weekend. And, you know, these are the giant killers. Texas, on statistics alone, looks like the giant in this bracket. But 
in the bracket, I'm rolling. I'm rolling Texas A&M. Give me Palish. Give me Palish. Their th- give me their three starters that they've got. You know, give me the give me the team that's been tested all year and has really lit it up down the stretch. I know I've given them a hard time about Bluebell Park not holding enough fans, uh, <laughs> even though I do think it's a nice stadium. And uh, I, I, give me Texas A&M against these two teams in a series. One game, look. Yes, it's it's anything can happen, and and the stats most certainly favor Texas overall in the bracket altogether. But OU's been OU and Texas A&M have been the two hottest teams, and Texas. I mean, they snuck by, snuck by East Carolina. I don't know that series was they were given they were both teams were giving up way too many runs early. It was kind of like Stanford in a way. It, it's hard to trust these series where every game the winner scored more than 10 runs. This is baseball. And if you don't have enough pitching to keep the other team under 10 runs at some point, you know, it's not, it's, it'd be nice if Texas won one game five to two or three to three to one, you know, like don't get me wrong. It's not that you have to shut them out, but you know, show me a little bit of pitching because you have the world's cultural series is long and it's hot out there. And nerves are are high, you know. I mean, especially if you hadn't played in Omaha before. So, uh, yes, I understand why Texas maybe statistically should be the team that gets out of this bracket. I just don't believe it. Give me, give me the best bullpen. Give me the best long term results uh, on the team that's been been tested all year and really had to go up against it. So Brad's going to bank on Jacob Palish being the, the bullpen savior for Texas A&M. I can't disagree. It's what got me into their futures in the first place. I'm actually siding with Texas, and it's not because of Zane Morehouse and his 5.75 ERA or Andre Duplantier, who has a FIP of 7.29. That's the two big option pieces for the Texas Longhorns out of the bullpen. That's not going to get it done, but I am betting on this Texas offense. Uh, I, I just, you know, I, I, they are the ones that have the most firepower and I am nervous about Texas A&M taking on a lefty there at the beginning against Jake Bennett. All right. So Melinda, Melinda sneezes on a ball and it goes out of the park. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's okay. I mean, I understand you're, you're not crazy to take the Longhorns. So we're, we're, we're on the same page as far as that goes. If Melendez puts one past the walkway over left, you know, I'll just, I'll be, I mean, I take my hat off to that guy. Cause that wind's going to be howling there at the beginning, hot, like a, a hairdryer. Hairdryer hot howling. All right, we're going we're gonna to move into bracket two. And, you know, this is where uh, we might get a little long-winded because Brad and I are both Razorback fanatics, Razorback alum, locally uh, tied to the Razorbacks. They're taking on Stanford. Brad, I, I'm tired of trying to guess when Hagen Smith is going to pitch. I'm, I, I don't know if Stanford can hit the junk that Connor Nolan is going to throw in game one. But it, I don't think Hagen Smith is no longer a game two pitcher, starting pitcher. I think that belongs to Will McIntyre. I think that belongs to Zach Morris. Um, I, I think Hagen Smith is now a hired gun who maybe has taken the place of Brady Tiger uh, as coming in and shutting down a game. But I mean, this is still a lethal one two punch lefty righty Hagen Smith and Brady Tiger coming out of the bullpen to save any game. I like that a lot against Stanford. Uh, I mean, you're, you're looking at a Stanford team that's 10th in slugging, 17th in homers per nine. Uh, our Arkansas is going to need every bit of that top 10 defense. They're going to need these key pieces out of the pen. So let me ask you this question. We just got done talking about Texas A&M and Jacob Palish coming out of there. Does Arkansas have the best group of arms on staff out of everybody in Omaha? Well, we are 
not top heavy is what I would say. We are, if anything, we are bottom heavy, but there's a lot of arms there. And there's a lot of arms that could give you four innings of no hit baseball, which I think we have more pitchers on our staff that could go four to five innings and not give up a hit, you know, than anybody else. All that to say, things can go wrong real fast when Connor Nolan's getting raked out of the gate and then we bring somebody else in. And if they give up a quick home run and then Dave gets antsy and nervous like he does. Uh, But it does seem like Dave has started to, I mean, God, talk about trials to figure it out. I mean, he's tried everything, it seems like. And, you know, I don't know. You, you're what right. Brad means, Brad, what Brad means is position changes in the field, figuring out who's the starter, day one, day two, who's coming out of the pen, the evolution of Zach Morris. Will McIntyre is now starting and not eating innings in the middle. I mean, there's a lot of changes in the last two weeks with this team. I mean, a ton. I mean, it, you know, it took him it took him like five games in a row of Gregory and left not getting a hit until he finally DH'd for him at the end of the game to win with with our hot young freshman, Kendall Diggs. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Why has Diggs not been playing? Gregory hadn't got a right. hit. For God's sakes, Dave. How many times do you have to yell at the screen? Uh, should have been in North Carolina. What was I doing? Uh, but it was driving me crazy, man. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, he, he starts McIntyre now in game two. You know, I guess we have Wiggins for game three. I think Dave has finally realized that the 99-mile-an-hour fastball means nothing. Yeah. Just don't win against good competition with 99 mile an hour fastballs. So, you know, you got to have these off speed pitches. You got to have the guys that can throw long innings, hit their spots. And because of that, it's kind of changed our, our focus a little bit on uh, starting pitching is important. And yes, it'd be great to have a big outing from Connor Nolan. He's hard to hit, man. If he's locating that curveball. I think it goes back to Oklahoma state, right? So Oklahoma state, Brock Reggio and the rest of that lineup, just sits dead red in the box and looks for fastball down the middle, which is where Jackson Wiggins is going to get torn up. But Connor Nolan comes in, he's just slider, slider, curve, slider, slider, change. Like, I mean, that's, yeah. That's it's, but, it's, but it's all the good teams of college baseball do that. And right. the problem is the SEC has realized it over the last five, you know, five or six years. And so about three years ago, it changed, they changed the focus on, look, it's great if you can throw it hard. And yes, Tennessee has a, circus sideshow they could throw at 105 but (laughs) the the pitchers that really dominate are ones that can locate and the ones that have the good off-speed pitches and that's why the numbers are so far down in the sec outside of tennessee nobody hit the baseball i mean you know it all these teams that were ranked in the top 10 in home runs and everything else outside of tennessee were not in the sec it's because we're we're going up against pitchers that you know Yes, a lot of them can throw 95 to 97, but maybe they're using their two-seam fastball that goes 93 instead. It's got a little bit more movement that they can locate on the outside corner. So it's granted all this to say Stanford beat us in the first game of the season. I'm sure Connor – or one of the first games of the season. I'm sure Connor Nolan was pitching then, but I think Connor Nolan at the time was a different pitcher too than he is now. I know we're a different team because – yeah, <laughs> we're a different team than we were a week ago. Uh, Dave's Dave, boy, it takes Dave some time, but he he he's finally started to figure it out. Yeah. I have, I'm so interested to see who's going to be playing left field. 
I know I'm, I'm, I'm very long-winded on this one. I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, I apologize to everybody out there that doesn't give two shits about Arkansas, but uh, I, 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 I'm very excited that we made it this far. I did pick us this far because I knew that we, we had the talent and we had, we had the pitching and the hitting and the hitting to, to stick around in these situations. So I'm going Arkansas. However, Stanford was my original pick in this bracket to win it. But after watching them play a lot of baseball this last weekend, because every game that was on the West Coast started four hours after any of our games ended, I was able to watch Stanford and Oregon State play a fair amount. And I just I wasn't as impressed as I thought I would be. Either UConn and Stanford are number one and two teams, best teams in the country, or Stanford leaves a little bit to be desired and maybe – Maybe 105 degree heat of Omaha may get to him a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think yeah, because you're not you're definitely not getting that out in Palo Alto, that kind of weather. And I, I think you're not even getting that if you go to San Jose. You got to go over to Modesto to get that kind of heat. But I, you know, I mean, I think what's important here is the stats are telling me one thing, Brad, but my eyeballs are telling me another, and that is is if I base a staff ERA, a bullpen ERA, FIP, WHIP everything. And I make a projected line like I do with MLB, like I do with here with college. It's Stanford minus 160, but the market opened up minus 120 both ways, giving Arkansas a ton of respect. Now let's talk about the pitchers. Alex Williams, starter for Stanford. He's absolutely been terrible lately. Over his past three games, 15 earned runs and 10.2 innings, spanning back to the Pac-12 tournament over three games. I mean, he's just been absolutely annihilated. So is their second starter and Quinn Matthews. Now you go and look at Connor Nolan, doesn't have the best ERA, doesn't have the best FIP, doesn't have the best whip, but right now he's on fire. He's being called in to close out Oklahoma State. I mean, he is nibbling the corners. He's getting them. And if we think these umpires are not out there like to have a big marathon of a game in a hundred degree heat in the middle of the day, Connor Nolan's probably going to get the corners on all of his sliders and his curves. So I love Arkansas in this game. I've already bet him minus 120. I'm going to keep on betting them. Uh, I also took under 11 and a half in here because if Connor is getting those corners, Stanford's not going to be able to put this out of the park, especially with that wind blowing in over 15 miles per hour. Uh, I do worry about our bats heating up, uh, <laughs> but at the same time, yeah. you know, we're the kind of team that I don't think Dave has any problems not looking for the long ball and maybe, you know, just trying to, you know, do it, you know, hitting the gaps and doing whatever we got to do on the base pass because getting it over the wall is not going to be really a strong point this weekend. So all right, I'm taking Arkansas. Brad, you and I agree. Let's move on to the last of the four games to start off, and, and this is in bracket two. SEC West, baby. Auburn versus Ole Miss. We got Sonny Bishara maybe hitting jacks over D uh, Dylan DeLucia. Uh, we've got all kinds of things in here. Uh, these teams know each other so well. They already played each other earlier this season. All three games were blowouts. It was two wins for Auburn, one win for Ole Miss, but – like I said, I think all, all the games were decided by eight or more runs. So it's almost like they gave up. And plus, the series was back in March. So, Brad, I take nothing from what happened in this series earlier in the year. Uh, do you have early opinions on this? Because, yes, Auburn, I didn't expect them to go out and hit against Oregon State. I didn't expect them to go out and hit because they haven't hit away from home all year. But they did against Pac-12 pitching, which makes me feel good about us playing Stanford, Arkansas, I mean. Ole Miss at the same time, they're way outdoing their stats, Brad. I mean, 146 in OBP, oh, yeah. they're, they're insane right now. So Ole Miss is the hot team out of all eight, by far. They're the ones you throw the stats away and say, this is the hot team. Am I wrong? Well, I mean, you're talking to a guy that 
picked a three seed to make it to Omaha. So <laughs> I'd, I'd say I agree with you. You know, uh, and not a whole lot of people picked Ole Miss to get through Miami and then get through. But I did. You know, I've got them. I had them uh, all the way. And, and man, they are they're playing so well. <laughs> you laughed at me about Dylan Delucia <laughs> and and I, I who was he going up against in that Friday night? I can't remember. Is one of the best starters in the country according to the statistics. And I was like, man, Delucia's. Oh, it was Hall. Hall yeah. for uh, Tanner Hall. Southern yeah. Miss. Yeah. And Dylan Delucia has been on absolute fire. He went I mean, five two five five point two innings and like what one or two earned runs. I mean, he was. Yeah, great. I mean, and it was it was like one hundred and five degrees that day. Yeah. It looked like hell in Hattiesburg. God, <laughs> those games looked. You, I, I got. I had to like turn the fan up in my my living room and turn the AC on high just just because it was so hot watching the games in Hattiesburg. I was like, those poor people. You could just feel the, <laughs> the humidity in the air. It was like, and the loss. Yeah. <laughs> and losing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, no, I mean, but I meant like for both fans, I was like, that just looks yeah. like hell. I mean, it was packed. They were packed in that stadium. Um, and Dylan DeLucia did not care. He came out, and that was after doing it, doing Miami originally in the, in the regional, and then what he did against Southern Miss. So – in a one-game show, uh, uh, yes, I'm going to take the hottest pitcher in the country who I do not believe will throw to Sonny Deshara and make the mistakes that Oregon well, State Why are we still throwing to Sonny Deshara? What were they thinking? Well, With a one man on and two outs, you, you, you just teed one up for Sonny Deshara. It was like – These coaches <laughs> get paid to make this decision. Yeah, it was a bad, it was a bad coach decision big time. I mean, it should have been an intentional walk if yeah. not the unintentional intentional walk. And it, it was just a giant mistake. So I don't, Ole Miss is not going to be that stupid. They've, right. they've been there. They've seen this and, you know, their biggest holes are fielding percentage and on base percentage. And those two stats have been out the door since they started postseason play, not right. talking about the sec tournament because that is not postseason play, but fielding percentage and on base percentage. I, I could, yeah, I couldn't tell you what the number is, but, Ole Miss has played some phenomenal defense. They have the best shortstop in the country. So, you know, center field who, who could get to anything. And Elko, if I got to have one batter up in a in a moment that matters, Arkansas got, got him a couple times in their series at home. But, yeah, Elko's who I want. Sonny D, Sonny D or Tim Elko, who are you taking? In in a in a one at bat situation, give me give me Elko. In a in a series, give me Sonny D. Yeah. Um, Elko's been around a little bit longer, you know. Like D thirty. He's he's old. He's old as hell. But he but he hits it. I mean, he's yeah. coming to a coming to a beer softball league next year, Tim. Yeah, Elko. I mean, like Sonny D's got this little baby face, and he's like chubby. Elko looks like a monster. He's yes. a different sort of dude. I mean, he was on the other team in Space Jam. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna go with Elko in that argument. But I I think you know just but seriously, and I know that I'm harping on this, but seeing that there's four teams from the SEC West in here just goes to show you. Like, I mean, yes, Tennessee choked on applesauce, but. Outside of that, LSU was the only other team in the SEC that was in the, that was even in this thing, right? The, and 
Yeah. They didn't make it, but we got, you know, have, show, showing these four teams from the SEC West, this is who we played every day. And they all made it to the College World Series. Which the one is, team we're not talking about is the national champion Mississippi State Bulldogs, right? Right, I mean, exactly. And that, you know, they lost their number one pitcher and, and the heart of their heart and soul of their team. Of course, I still, I still bet on them. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, it just, it's hard to pick when you got to pick from these teams from the West, but knowing what we've been going up against all year long, I mean, they've just been playing really good baseball. They didn't win by outscoring everybody. They didn't win by just out pitching everybody. They won by doing both. And it was really impressive last weekend to watch what both Auburn and Ole Miss did in those series. So I'm rolling with hottie toddy yet again. I know I've got Stanford winning the bracket, but I'm going to come down to, I'm going to come down to Arkansas and Ole Miss and uh, <laughs> all my friends from uh, growing up, it's going to be, going to be, going to be head to head of the college world series. And that's going to be a lot of fun. If it happens, I, you know, I've, I've been wrong just as much as I've been right here, but I did. I am excited about the potential for this one. Let's put some numbers behind this. Auburn projects to be minus 110, almost a pick them when you uh, take in Auburn starter Trace Bright against Dylan DeLucia. Total of about 10.1. This is the one game out of the opening four where I think it can go over. Uh, and a big part of that is I don't like Auburn's pitching staff whatsoever. Trace Bright, he pitched the March weekend series against Ole Miss. He gave up five runs, sloppy defensive performance. It got ugly. But that was March. So let's look at what Bright has done lately. Not good. He's, in a, he's posted three starts of fewer than three innings and in three of his last five games. Three of his last five games, he can't get past the third. So that tells me that they're going to be deep into Tommy Sheehan. They're going to be deep into Carson Skipper. They're going to tax this bullpen before they get to the loser's bracket. I don't like Auburn whatsoever. The pitching is not good enough to be here. They're living on those sticks. And great, they deserve to be here, right? They didn't deserve to be a regional host. That should have been Notre Dame. Notre Dame proved themselves out. But I think the sticks for Auburn, uh, you know, have put them in this spot. But Ole Miss, they're as hot as the sun right now. Uh, Brad's right, Tim Elko, best hitter out of all eight teams. Uh, I am not fading Ole Miss. I am fading Trace Bright of Auburn pitching. So I'm going to go Ole Miss minus 130 in the first game. Brad, how are we going to finish up bracket two? We're taking our hogs against red hot, white hot Ole Miss in the winner's bracket. What do you see happening here in a game that's probably a combination of Will McIntyre, Zach Morris, Hagan Smith, Brady Tiger going up against you know, Ole Miss and, and throwing against their staff, which they don't have near the deep pockets and pitching that Arkansas does. No, they don't, but they actually have some good arms out of the pen that just don't get much love. Maybe their ERAs are a little bit higher than what they would have been if they'd have been in one of these other conferences where somehow they were able to, you know, have 1.0 ERAs and hit 12 home runs a game. But and Hunter, Elliott, Hunter Elliott's been a game two stud for Ole Miss. He has. He has and, and and truly – when Arkansas and Ole Miss played not that long ago, it yeah. was the best series I saw all year. It was two teams that didn't make huge mistakes. They played good baseball. The pitching outdueled the hitting. But we won the series, I think, but we were at home, mind you. Yeah. And, and it was it two games to one. I mean, it wasn't like it, – it was hard, hard wins. And we that was when I decided, hey, this is the best three seed I've ever seen play – the sport. So, I mean, Hunter Elliott, yeah. is there, we're probably going to get Hunter Elliott and he's a lefty pitcher. No, and, no. You know, that flips Robert Moore around a lot of, you know, the Kendall Diggs, the lefties, the big bad lefties on our, that gets neutralizes some of our lineup. 
It does. It does. And, and it, and what it turns into is hitting your spots on your off speed stuff in those circumstances. And then, you know, once you get to that point, when you're in the win the bracket phase or win or go home phase in Omaha, it, it comes down to who's, who's just got it, you know, who, who shows up and, it's hard to pick Arkansas in that who shows up moment. Right. Um, and, and then again, it's hard to pick against us based on what we've done so far this postseason. I think both Arkansas and Auburn, uh, I mean, both Arkansas and Ole Miss have gone through a lot to get to where we are right now. So I'm just not going to pull against Arkansas because for one, you know, I'll, I'll cry myself to sleep if Arkansas loses a right. game like that. But, uh, but no, I'm uh, I'm gonna roll with Arkansas. We we did win two of three. Yes, I do like Connor Elliott against Arkansas. Yes, I do like Elko. Yes, I do love Gonzalez. I think he's one of the coolest players in the country. And I, you know, I hope he gets drafted number one next year. But um, you know, I wish Ole Miss was on the other side of the bracket, but they're not. And right. I'm gonna roll with Wu Pig because I've got tickets. If we if we can get it done, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sunday Father's Day, Arkansas is going to either be playing in the losers bracket at one, or they're going to be playing in the winners bracket late at night at six, uh, and then move on from there. Hopefully, uh, in the winners bracket uh, up to Wednesday. But I agree with Brad. I think it's going to be Ole Miss and Arkansas in this bracket. I think they're each going to give each other a loss. I think this is going to go the distance, and it's going to come down between who's got the most left on their pitching staff. Uh, and what I think is going to be just outstanding baseball. I am going to take Arkansas to beat Ole Miss. I think it's going to be as close as nails. I, I think it's going to be, you know, ultra entertaining, uh, highly competitive, but I have purchased Arkansas plus 850 in the market as a future to complement my Texas A&M 150 to one. Uh, you know, so that's the, that's the direction that I'm going to go. Brad, uh, you got any uh, – who are you taking in this bracket again? I heard Ole Miss. I heard Stanford, I heard Ole Miss. Then there's Arkansas. Who are you taking in bracket to? I mean, you know, we'll pick Suey. Uh, <laughs> we're, going, we're going tried true on this one. Uh, eventually, we got to get over the curse of Carson Chatty. And yep. in fairness, I have a future on Ole Miss and Arkansas, both to win the College World Series. I actually have a future on, like, five teams that were – Yeah, you did. teams that were in the – they were they were in the super regionals and Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Texas A and M were three of them. So you know you max out your bet here uh, on Bentley, Arkansas at fifteen hundred dollars. <laughs> so you know it didn't it didn't take much to get get to those odds. But um, I'm I'm ex- I'm excited about about the baseball that's, that we're about to see, and uh, I'm a little bit devastated that I'm not going to be there out of the gate. But um, I'll be there. In- spirit and uh you know i think i think it's going to be a lot of fun all right that's going to do it brad and i are taking arkansas on bracket two uh we both have futures on them i think eight plus 850 is still good value brad and i are going to disagree on the top bracket i'm going to go texas he's going to go texas a&m that is strength on strength that's texas a&m's bullpen with jacob palish going up against the longhorns unbelievable offense and they're ranked number one and defensive percentage, which is extremely important considering the wind is going to be blowing in hard. And impressive. Uh, hard to believe as well. Yeah, yeah. And I tell you what, Brad, if you and I are faced with a Texas-Arkansas-Southwest Conference championship round, I mean, I, it, that's a hot ticket, right? That's yeah, going to be I the mean, hottest ticket. Honestly, Arkansas versus versus Texas or Arkansas versus Texas A&M, I mean, <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna <laughs> to get heated. So I'm super glad that my – 
older brother gets married on June 25th. Um, thank you. And uh, I'm sure Arkansas will lose right out of the gate so that it, none of this will matter. But, uh, man, well, it, it should be fun. I, I think that our chances are <clears throat> our chances are good. Stanford is – Stanford's a good – there's a lot of good baseball teams here, so it, it, it'll be interesting. You're talking to a guy that has a nine-month reservation for $3,000 of golf at Bandon Dunes, so I can't get out of June 25th either. So if Arkansas makes it, I'm going to kill myself. What kind of fan am I that I'm golfing on the West Coast? I know. I have to hope that they lose game one because <laughs> because I'm not – I would have to leave at 3 a.m. to make it about 2.30 to Omaha from Memphis. So – yeah. I really have to hope that we lose game one and win game two so that I can make it to game three. I do have tickets for game three already if they make it, but uh, we'll see what happens. Well, all of you going to Omaha for the first time, have a great time. It is uh, a cluster of eight fan bases all fighting each other. You get your good fans, you get your bad fans, and they clash with each other trying to get those standing Standing college with baseball college baseball fans are the best because yeah. there's just not that many of them and you you really have to love sports you know like if you're a college baseball fan then odds are you also love football and you also yeah. love a lot of other things that we love and you love gambling and you love all these other things because <laughs> if you're this into college baseball then it almost just makes you a good guy yeah well i can't wait to hope the texas fan that drank a beer out of his shoe last year shows up in omaha i'm looking forward to seeing that so <laughs> Uh, that's going to do it for Brad and I, uh, Woo Pig Suey on the bottom half of the bracket. Uh, we're going to split it between the Aggies and the Longhorns on the top. We're going for a Southwest Conference championship round. We are going to be back next week to do that championship round, best two out of three, uh, a real short podcast to give you guys some betting advice. Thanks for joining me, Brad. Uh, it's been a great season so far. I'm really excited about the College World Series. I hope both of us are up to be able to make it up there for a couple games. I'm excited over the fact I don't see any rain in the forecast, but everybody, please check your weather daily. It looks like the wind's going to be blowing in hard. That's going to do it. Big bets on campus, college baseball version on the road to Omaha. We're there, baby. See you next week.